Well, good morning, everyone. So glad you guys are here with us. We've got a good crowd today. We've got a lot of new faces out there. It's awesome to see you here at Central. My name is Clayton. I'm the senior pastor here. And uh, man, I, I don't know if y'all noticed Noah, our, our youth pastor, was up here a while ago. So in the first service, he's wearing the same shirt. He had a jacket on, and he was missing a button right, right around this area right here. And uh, so he talked about it in the first service. I don't know what happened between the first service, second service, but I don't know if a seamstress was in the house or whatever, but um, he got his button fixed. I was like, yes, no, you did it. Way to go, buddy. Man, I love Noah, good friend of mine. In fact, this last week, we went, there's two of us, we went and we went to a, a Mexican restaurant and just had an awesome meal. And you know when you go to a Mexican restaurant, the thing that I expect to happen the most is to get that beautiful basket of chips, right? The chips and salsa. I love chips and salsa. In fact, it's my favorite food. Um, but I know that I shouldn't be eating a whole lot of chips and salsa. So I've been trying to do um, really, really good over the, the last couple months. And so I'm sitting down with Noah and this basket is just like, it's like speaking to me, you know? These chips are like, man, Clayton, just, just eat us, man. We were created just for you, right? And, and I'm just, uh, it, it, was, it was tough. I was, you know, like, I was just like, get behind me, you know, and I just kind of pushed it off to the side. And I tried my best. But, but you know, when you go to a Mexican restaurant, if you went and sat down at a, at a restaurant and then you got the menu and they came in and took your, your drink order and they came and brought your drinks and they asked you if you're ready to order, like, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, where, where are my chips, right? I mean, everybody expects those chips. You, you expect that when you go to a, a restaurant like that. Well, I think in our lives, there's a lot of different specific times in our lives where we, we expect certain things to happen. And on Easter morning, you expect to come to church and you expect to hear a, a message about the, the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. And guess what? We're going to do that today, okay? So um, that's what's going to happen. I'm not going to you know, change anything. We're going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus, an incredible story. So you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 24. We're going to be there today. But before I get going, man, Luke, awesome gospel. But guess what? Luke was not a disciple. He was not there. He was not an eyewitness to all the things they wrote about. But Luke was a physician, and he was uh, an extensive note taker. He was like a modern-day reporter. They would go around and ask eyewitnesses what, what actually happened. And so Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, in the, in, in the book of Acts, um, he wrote both of those, and they are eyewitness testimonies from people that he went and talked to. So you go to the disciples, you go to other, other believers, other followers, the apostles, and say, you know, what happened? I've heard a lot about, about the story. What happened when y'all go into that town? What happened the last week of Jesus' life? What happened? And he would write down these stories. So we have um, a great record of what happened at the very end of Jesus' life. So in Luke, towards the end of Luke, we hear about Jesus' death on the cross. And there were many of Jesus' followers were there. So they, they had followed Jesus. They had heard and seen all the things that, that he had done. And then they are following behind him as he is carrying his cross, as he is hung up on the cross, they are standing below him and watching all of this happen. They're eyewitnesses to that. They see his lifeless, dead body being brought off of the cross and then taken to the tomb. And they followed along. 
And the tomb back then was, was, a, was a brand new tomb that the Jesus' body was put in. It was probably, a, the tomb back then were probably like a low opening. And you had to kind of duck your head, and that would be hard for me, but you had to duck your head and you had to go in. And then there's, there's kind of cut out of the rock, and they had these shelves where they would put the bodies um, of different family members. A brand new tomb, no, nobody else was in there. And they put Jesus' body wrapped in linen, they put it there, and then they exited. Now, Jewish culture um, was very interesting because... This happened on a Friday. And Sabbath is Saturday, their holy day. And you're not allowed to do anything on a Sabbath, okay? You can't work, you can't go to the ball game, you can't go to the store, you can't do anything. You couldn't even cook food, you had to do everything beforehand. And so, in fact, the, the Sabbath actually started Friday at 6 p.m. when the sun went down. And so they are going, they take Jesus' body off the cross, and they hurry and take him into the tomb. And there's eyewitnesses, these, these believers, and they see this happening. And the Bible says that they, they, they leave and they quickly go back home and begin to prepare spices before the Sabbath started because they could not work on the Sabbath, on their Saturday. So Friday night, 6 o'clock, they can't do any more work. They go into Saturday, and all day Saturday, Jesus' followers, man, they are mourning, they are distraught, they're praying, they're questioning, they're confused. You can imagine what's going on in their, their minds. All day Saturday, Sunday morning comes around. When the sun comes up, that's when Sabbath ends. And we read a story about some of Jesus' followers. In fact, they are women disciples, the Bible says some of their names. The, the one of them was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, Salome, and the Bible says and several others. So there is this group of women disciples, and they are the main characters in our story today. And look what happens in Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 1. Here's what it says. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, right, Sunday morning, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus because his body should have been there. They actually saw his body being put into the grave, into that tomb. It's like, you're like, are we in the right tomb? Like, do we miss, you know, a turn? Like, it might, reminds me of one of my, one of my, my good friends uh, back in Andrews where we used to, in a small town where we used to live, and he'd always drive and park in a convenience store, but wouldn't turn his truck off and leave it unlocked, and he would just, like, you know, go in, you go into the store. And one time, some other friends, they saw this happening, and so they went, after he went to the store, they jump out of their, their truck, and they go and take his, and they moved it around to the back. Okay, this is a great thing you could do. Okay, just make sure your friend is not a shoot first, ask questions later kind of person. Okay, because they could go really, really bad for you. But they they did this, and he he walks out of the convenience store, and you know the look on his face, right? He's like, all of a sudden you're doing a backtrack in your mind, or like, what just happened? Did I? Where's my? Where's my? Did I, did I park? I thought I parked over here. Where's? You know, like they were. He had this crazy look on his face, and they're sitting in the truck, just laughing their heads off, videotaping him. It was really funny. But that's what was happening to the, the disciples. These. These women, they didn't know where his body was. They're like, what? We, we, we saw his body in, in, in the tomb. We saw the stone being rolled to, to cover it and to seal it up. Why is his body not there? And the Bible says in verse 4, the most duh moment in Scripture, they were perplexed. <laughs> okay, right? Obviously, right? They were, of course, they were perplexed. It says, while they're perplexed about this, behold, or immediately, Two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. These angels appear, and as, as, as that happened, they were frightened, and they bowed their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. 
These words shattered history, transformed history, and nothing is ever the same again. The words, he is not here, he is risen. I was thinking about this, man, the angels, what a great job that would have been. I can imagine all the angels are up in heaven and God's like, hey, I need two volunteers. Who wants to go down and, and do this job for me? You know, like, I'll, I'll choose that. I would love to be an angel and, and get the chance to do that. And so they're probably all vying for that position. And two angels get to go down and get to say this. But if you think about it, Jesus' life here on this earth is bookended by two announcements by the angels. If you go all the way back to Luke chapter 2, here's what the angels said. They said, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. These angels get a chance to say, hey, Jesus is coming. The Savior of the world is coming. And at the very end, I don't know if the same angels, probably two different angels, they get to say, he is not here, he is risen. This statement is life-changing. And it's especially life-changing for these women disciples because they were utterly disappointed. Can you imagine what was going on in their, their minds, their thoughts, their hearts? Have you ever been utterly disappointed? I think there's times in our lives where we're like that. Maybe for some of you, when the presidential election results finished, maybe you were like utterly disappointed. I don't know. That might have been for some of y'all. I was thinking about, you know, what happens when you get that phone call at 3 in the morning? No one calls to chat at 3 in the morning, okay? When that phone rings, you have that gut-wrenching feeling like, what happened? And for some of us, we've had those moments. We've had those phone calls about our kids. We had that phone call about our grandkid, about our spouse, our friend, family member. You know what that feels like to be just utterly devastated. And these disciples, they were devastated. And the reason they were devastated is because their hope had died. Everything that they were looking for and hoping for and put their, their faith and trust in was dead. Jesus was dead. And they had walked with Jesus. They, they had seen um, the things that he had done. They had witnessed his miracles. They'd, they'd even seen him raise people from the dead. They'd seen him have authority over, over um, nature and, and demons. And they, had, they believed that he was the Messiah to come and fix what was broken in their culture, in the Jewish culture being occupied by the Romans. And he was dead. And yet the angels say, hey, breaking news. Lift up your heads. Turn your frown upside down, right? I've got a great, I've got an announcement. I've got something awesome to tell you. He is not here. He is risen. And so I'm so glad you guys are here. Some of you might have heard this for the thousandth time, and some of you maybe for the very first time, but it's something we need to remember that he is not here. He is risen. Amen. Let's look at, uh, go back in verse five. We, we went verses one through six, but let me back up to verse five. I think there's something we overlooked that, that, that these angels said says this, why do you seek the living among the dead? They ask this really perplexing question. Why, do you, why are you looking for Jesus here? See, they, they were looking for their hope in the wrong place. And I think that's a great thing for us to take a step back from Scripture and go, okay, am I doing that? 
We need to be people that ask this question, am I searching in the wrong places? Because in life, we're all searching for something, right? We're searching for, for love, for, for help, for purpose, for meaning, for joy, for happiness. We're searching for answers to our questions. And the question I have for you guys is this, what are you looking for? Or what are you, what are you here for? What are you watching or listening to online for? Why are you here in this moment? Because we've been doing this throughout history. You go back to, to the book of Acts, Paul is in Athens, and he has an opportunity to kind of share with them and with us what we're searching for. Here's what he says. It's crazy. In Acts chapter 17, verse 27, he says, God made man that they should seek God. And perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, which is a great like mental picture that we in our lives, we're seeking after God, but it's like we're, we're blind and we're just, we're reaching out and hoping to find him. And yet he says this, yet he is actually not far from each one of us. It's like when you're looking for your glasses for 20 minutes and then you look in the, you pass by a mirror and realize on top of your head, Right? Or you're looking for your phone, you cannot find it, and then someone says, have you looked in your pocket? And you're like, yeah, I'm an idiot. Okay, right? We, we're looking for things in the wrong places. And nothing has changed. Today, we're still doing the same thing. We're trying to find hope and meaning in the wrong place. What are those wrong places? We look for it in love. We look for it in relationships. We look for it, hate to say this, in our kids, in our grandkids, in a spouse, through sex, through our jobs. Man, that's a, that's a big one, guys, right? Finding your meaning in, in, your, in your job and what you do that's important to you. Some of us find meaning in sports, politics, sorry, Right? There's all these different areas in our lives where we try to find meaning and hope. Yet the Bible says that we need to stop searching. We gotta stop searching because Jesus is the answer because all those things might momentarily satisfy you, but they will never fulfill you like God wants to fulfill you, like you were created to be fulfilled. Jesus is the answer. And yet they were looking in the wrong place. And here's what Jesus says in Matthew 7, 8. He says this, for everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks says, the door will be open to you. Let's stop searching. Jesus is what we need. But here's what else the angels said. In verse 6, they said, hey, uh, you ladies, remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. Do you remember that? Like, he said it over and over and over again. And, like, it was crazy that there, there was like a, a light bulb that went off in their minds. And, they, and the Bible says, and they remembered his words. The angel said, why are you surprised that he's not here? Like, don't you remember what he promised that he would do? You see, the reason that they were surprised is because they forgot the gospel. Right? They forgot the good news that Jesus had given them. They forgot Jesus' words. 
And we need to learn from their mistakes. We need to be people that look at scripture and see sometimes the disciples mess up. And sometimes we need to go, okay, these believers in Christ, they didn't do it right. So how can I learn from their mistakes and live differently? Because see, we need to remember the gospel, not just the good news, but we need to remember the best news. It's not just good news. It is the best news. And the best news is this, is that Jesus loves you and he'll never leave you. We see it on Friday when he died on the cross. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That is the good news, that Jesus loves you. But you know what else is the good news? Is that he's not dead. Amen. He is alive. Amen. Matthew 28, the very end, Jesus says, I'm never gonna leave you. I'm gonna be with you always to the end of the age. We need to remember the good news because the disciples had forgot. What did they forget? They forgot, they forgot little words that Jesus said to them. Here, here's some of them. Luke chapter 9, here's what they forgot. Jesus says, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Luke chapter 18, verse 31, he says, he took the 12 and said to them, see, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written about the son of man by the prophets will be accomplished. All the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah, hey, it's about to happen. And then it says in verse 32, for he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. I mean, goodness, how, how, how much easier should, should it have been for the disciples to remember that of going, okay, Jesus, he's dying. But man, remember all the times that he promised that he was going to come back. And here's what it says. It says, but they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them and they did not grasp what was said. They had forgotten the gospel, and their forgetting took them to the wrong place. They were looking in the wrong place. And you may say, Pastor Clayton, how do we know that they actually forgot? The reason they forgot is because they brought spices. They brought spices. What were spices used for? They were, they were used to, to get rid of the smell of a dead body. One of our pastors, uh, Pastor Kevin, he's a... He works part-time here as our senior adult pastor. But the other side gig he has is he works at the funeral home, and he prepares bodies. I think there's a conflict of interest there with the senior adults, and I don't know. But uh, anyways, we're still working through that one. Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, so I'm going to get an email about that. Okay. <laughs> but he's told me some stories that that they have to prepare the bodies, right? Because that's what naturally happens. Dead bodies stink. And back in the Jewish culture, they didn't embalm bodies. They would wrap spices in the linen that they would wrap the, the bodies in just to try to mask the scent. In fact, we, we hear a story about it where Jesus raises Lazarus, his, his buddy, from the grave. And Lazarus' family said, hey, Jesus, don't go into that tomb. He's been dead for a couple days, and he stinks. Like, it's gonna be bad. And so these ladies... They're going to the tomb, not to find an empty tomb. They're going to prepare his dead body. They had forgotten the gospel. And one of the saddest things and most tragic things for Christians is when believers forget the gospel. And the good news becomes old news. 
And the great news becomes fake news. And the sacrifice of Jesus becomes a side note in our lives. That's a tragedy. We need to be believers who are constantly reminded and remember the good news. Let it stick in our lives. Let it transform us. Every time we read scripture, I feel like we need to, to respond in some way to, to, to the message that, not what I say up here. I mean, come on, look at me. I'm just a short, bald guy. Like I, it's not about what I say. It's about what the scripture says and what Jesus has to say to us through God's word. So I feel like we need to respond maybe in a couple different ways this morning from what the scripture has, has taught us. Number one is this. We need to respond to the news this great news, by renewing our relationship with Jesus. For many in this room, man, you've been believers, you've been believers for a long time, but, but man, you, if I asked you to raise your hands, and to be honest, you might say, you know what, I, I've, for, I've forgotten. At times in my life, I've forgotten the gospel. I've searched for hope and for meaning and things that never should be in that place in my life. Maybe it's with my, my family. Maybe it's with my job. Maybe it's with money and possessions. And I have, I have chased after those things, trying to find fulfillment. And all the time, I've got my Bible on the shelf, and I've got Jesus in my heart, but I've been running from him. Maybe it's time for us today, as we pray here in a minute, for you just to say, you know what? Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've forgotten the gospel. I've forgotten this great news. Help me to come back to you. What a great day on Easter Sunday would it be for you to do that? I think for some of us here in this room, we need to receive Jesus for the first time. We need to receive this good news that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin that you can never pay. I can't pay it for you. No one else can pay it for you. Only a perfect sacrifice can pay it for you. And that is the gospel, that Jesus died for you so that you can live for eternity in heaven with the Father. How beautiful is that, that God did all the work for you. All you got to do is just say, I accept it. I receive it. I want to take that. I want to accept that gift into my life. Maybe today is the day that you receive that, that you say yes to Jesus for the first time. And the greatest thing is, is that you don't say yes to a dead Savior. You say yes to a risen Savior. He is risen. That is not just good news. That is the best news. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word this morning about Jesus and that he's not in the grave any longer. Because as the Bible says, if Jesus is still in the grave, then all, we're, all that we're doing is worthless and pointless. Let's, let's turn the lights off. Let's shut the doors. Let's demo this building because if he is still in the grave, then what are we doing? But oh God, thank you. Thank you for the resurrection of Jesus, that he is not in the grave. So God, I pray that we can learn from these, these women who are trying to be faithful to you, but they had forgotten the gospel. They had, they had prepared the spices. They had forgotten what Jesus had said. This terrible thing was gonna happen to him, but he was doing it on our behalf and that he would rise from the grave. They'd forgotten, God. May we never forget. Help us to renew our relationship with you today on Easter Sunday. And God, if there's anybody in this room that does, does not have a relationship with you, I pray, God, that you convict them, that they would turn from their sins. They would just say a simple prayer. 
asking you to save them and accepting the gift of salvation in their lives. Thank you, Jesus, for doing all the work on our behalf. Thank you that you are not dead, but you are alive. I pray that we'd be able to go from this place on fire for you and living for you. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the thousandth time, help us, God, to leave this place changed and different because we believe that Jesus, you're changing everything in this church and in our hearts. So help us, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.